Hello and welcome to the Real Food Whole Health Podcast, where it's all about real food and holistic living in the real world. With your host, nutritional therapist, Amy Love. And please note our disclaimer, all information and content in this podcast is for general information only and not a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Good morning, and thanks for joining us on the Real Food Whole Health Podcast. Today we have Ariana Mullins from andherewear.net. Ariana, thank you so much for joining us. Oh, I'm happy to be here. Now, you're actually joining us all the way from Spain. That's correct. (laughs) And that's wonderful. And you were not actually born in Spain, right? This is a place that you guys have been about six months? Yeah, actually. um, So... I was born in Los Angeles. I'm from California. Yep. And my family's done a lot of traveling and we recently moved to the southern coast of Spain. Wow. That sounds like such a dream. Actually, it was. (laughs) Total dream. (laughs) Yeah. I've been following, um, you know, your blog for a time and we've been connected online and I mean, the pictures of everything there, the scenery, the food, the beach, I mean, it looks amazing. Yeah, it's pretty awesome, I have to say. I can't, it's hard for me to play it down because it's pretty awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, don't play it down. Don't play it down. Um, that is, it deserves to be really celebrated. Now, how did you guys end up in Spain? Um, well, so it's kind of a, there's like the long version and the short version. The short version is that my husband got a job here. He is a contractor um, and he does work uh, serving families who serve in the military community. So we, okay. yeah, so we are here so that he can serve families um, at the naval base of Rota. Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. Awesome. And now you were, where were you right before this? Were you in England? Yep. We were in England mm-hmm. Wow. for three and a half years. Three and a half. Wow. That's amazing. I didn't realize it was so long. Yeah, it was long. <laughs> <laughs> Did it feel a little bit long? It felt a little long. Yeah. Were you ready for Spain? <laughs> oh, more than ready. So, I mean, actually, I don't want to, I don't want to talk trash about England. We actually had some really beautiful experiences there, uh, but we were just ready for something new. And I'm, I mean, I'm, yeah. I'm from Los Angeles, so um, culturally and climate-wise, uh, it was a much bigger switch to be in England than it is to be mm-hmm. in Spain. Spain feels a little more comfortable, so we're so, yeah, a little more a little more gray in England. Yeah, not as much sun. <laughs> yeah, and I need a lot of sunshine. It's just in my blood to be, you know, needing sunshine and not to be loving rain. Yes. Yes, yes. I hear you. <laughs> yeah. I do like those rainy days sometimes, but yeah. Oh, now uh, I overall. enjoy them. <laughs> like, I'm like, oh, thank you, Spain. You've made me enjoy rain and, and gloomy days again. I can totally. Right. They're so I, infrequent, right? Yeah, I can totally actually enjoy. Like, we're getting a little bit of chill in the air now for fall, and I don't feel this sort of, like, impending, <gasps> oh, winter's coming. It's more like, oh, wow, it's nice and cool today. I'm going to, like, have a cup of tea. Huh. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I know that from living in New England, it's like, Mm -hmm. you know, oh my goodness, what's coming, you know, because you never know how much snow you're going to get. Or how long the winter's going to last. Yeah, it's so long. It's so long. You know, I'm great with snow until like January. After Christmas, I'm like, okay, I'm done. Yeah. I think that's really and then common. Until March or mm-hmm. April. <laughs> yeah, and then if it stays, you're just like, oh my gosh, I don't know if I can do this again. It's pretty agonizing. Yeah. yeah. Um. <laughs> oh, weather. So, yeah, it's good to be traveling and be away from that a little bit. Uh huh. And you're calling from where? 
let's see, where am I? I'm in Los Angeles oh, now, awesome. actually. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, back in your old stomping grounds. Yeah, um, we're in L.A. right now. We came in for um, a conference, and then uh, we actually have another conference going on in a few weeks. So it just made sense to come over and be in this area yeah. for a month or so. And so we're going to do some, you know, Santa Barbara and awesome. things like that. Yeah, yeah it'll be really fun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cool. And, and then we start heading back to Texas for the holidays, and then we go east for the rest of the year next year. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, so we're both got the travel bug. I know. I'm super interested in what you're doing. In fact, I'd love to go back to the States as a family and just, you know, visit America and do the whole road trip thing and show my daughter, you know, and all that stuff. That sounds amazing. So we travel a lot here, but there's definitely part of me that's like, I just want to go to the States and do a big road trip and see it all. It's pretty amazing. I mean, it's, um, it's huge, of course. Yeah. And so, you know, I mean, we're taking two years to do the real food road trip and it, mm-hmm. I still already am adding on, you know, at the <laughs> end because there's so much to see and do. Mm-hmm. It's so cool though that you get to do it. Yeah, it's been really fun. We worked really hard to set that up by, you know, being able to work remotely and, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, similar to what you guys are doing. And then mm-hmm. um, Jeff wasn't always in the military or contracting for the military, was he? Wasn't he a teacher? Um, yeah, he started out as a teacher. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. And then you guys were like, let's travel. So how do we make this work? Yeah, kind of. I mean, it was like <laughs> we were living. So I, so we were living in Portland and um uh-huh just kind of like trying to live the the fabled American dream. Um, And it was not just, I don't know, it just wasn't going that well for me. Like I I was early into my self-discovery of um, needing sunshine. (laughs) It was rough uh, in Portland. And um, I was just kind of feeling restless and actually um, grew up overseas. So Okay. My yeah, my parents moved us to the Philippines when I was eight, and oh wow, yeah, and so I lived in the Philippines from ages eight to eighteen. Oh um, my goodness. Yeah, and and so yeah, so I kind of wasn't. I I never really saw myself like raising a family in the U.S. because to mm-hmm. me it just was a foreign idea. It wasn't really how I'd grown up. Um, I considered California home just because I traveled so much and you have to pick a place. Um, and as far as like my time in the U S I've lived most of it in, in LA area. Um, but I had always kind of imagined that I would get to move overseas, but I didn't know how. And the fact that my husband was, um, a teacher and he's, he's teaching special ed for like preschool, kindergarten age, um, mm-hmm. like, I just didn't really see how that was going to be possible to um, move overseas and have a different kind of lifestyle. So I kind of resigned myself um, to like, okay, let's make this work. Um, right. Yeah, this is where we're going to be. Yeah, this is how it is. And I didn't really want to raise a family in Los Angeles. So after we had my, my daughter, we moved up north. Um, and it just kind of wasn't what I had hoped. We, we just went for it. Yeah. Wow. That's incredible. I mean, I love that. And, you know, I think it really takes, um, it really takes that, I don't know, I'm not sure the right word I'm looking for, but, uh, you know, chance, that daring, that risk taking, just wanting to grab life and think outside the box Mm -hmm. to, to make it happen. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you have to be bold, right? If you want anything exciting to to happen to you, 
you have to be really bold and you have to be willing to take some risks. Um, you can yeah. play it safe and have things just go, you know, really predictably. And that's fine. Some people are thrilled with that. They actually never want to leave their home state or whatever. Um, but if you want to have a really interesting, exciting life, you've got to take some risks. Yes, you got to mix yeah. it up. Yeah, for sure. And you really have to get in there and stir the pot yourself because, mm-hmm. you know, like you said, just kind of sitting back and waiting for it to happen. I mean, mm-hmm. of course, like if you're great where you are and things are going well, then great. You don't need yeah. to mix it up. But if you feel stagnant and stuck and, you know, things aren't clicking for you, mm-hmm. something needs to change. Yeah, and a lot of people do feel that way, and but a lot yeah. of people are too scared to do something big. Right. Um, and that's tough. You know, you don't want to have to get to a point where you're actually desperate before you can go right. do something exciting. Um, so I just I really like to encourage people to think about, like, what is it that you really want in life? It's OK to dream a little and to, you know, to think of like kind of wacky scenarios, um, because ultimately you get to make so many choices. And sometimes you're not even making a choice to do something that is your dream. But if you're conscious of your dreams, then kind of automatically you inch closer and closer to, to those improbable things. You know, it's, it's crazy, exactly. but it totally works that way. It totally works that way. And I've seen it time and time and time again. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's, you know, it's something because, I mean, looking back, okay, I mean, we were talking about people being sort of afraid to take the leap. Yeah. And, I mean, of course, because we can't kind of see the other side. We have to right. sort of jump in faith. Yeah. Um, and it usually is like, usually, somewhat small steps leading up to this big switch or something like that. And it, you know, I look back and we, we had sort of a similar situation where, of course, we didn't, you know, move overseas, mm-hmm. but we did, um, we were in a suburban life and it was kind of the norm. That's sort of what I expected. Mm-hmm. And it was like, okay, we're going to live here 30 minutes from where I grew up, and we're going to get married, and we're going to have kids, and we're going to just be here. Right. And just, you know, you're going to have the same job. And, you know, I was working in an office at the time, and we're just going to keep going. And um, it just, you know, honestly, what switched it up for us was changing our lifestyle around food Mm -hmm. and changing our priorities around our health Uh that really started, like, opening up doors to see that life could be different. Yes. So it was like a small change. And then it was like, oh, well, hey, we can plant a garden, you know. And then I'm sort of like sneaking around my HOA trying to figure out how to get chickens in the backyard. (laughs) (laughs) And we Uh decide, well, maybe this isn't the place we need to be. And the opportunity sort of came out of the blue to move to Connecticut. And it had never been in our minds to ever move to Connecticut. Mm -hmm. I mean, we were thinking maybe Washington or Oregon or, you know, I mean, just someday maybe because Texas was hot and I'm like, I don't want hot. (laughs) Right. And I want to be near the ocean. Mm -hmm. Um, But then it just sort of came out of the blue to move to Connecticut. It turned out we love New England, you know, and we were there for four, five years and Mm -hmm. then decided, oh, we're going to have a farm. So up up we go to New Hampshire and start a farm. At first it was going to be chickens and then it turn into over 200 animals so oh my gosh. You, it did it was crazy chickens ducks rabbits goats and pigs awesome um yeah it was amazing and such an adventure mm-hmm. and then it was like okay we're ready for a new adventure so you just have to be open you have to be thinking you have to be yeah. how can this come together and we don't have to see the end no. right we just have to focus on 
what we want, how we want to feel, what we want our days to look like. Mm-hmm. And it'll start creeping in. Yes, totally. Wow. It's, I mean, and, and I think like um, a lot of people don't articulate what their dreams are. Mm-hmm. Right. And so and how are you going to get where you don't know where you're going? Exactly. So, so, you know, they don't know how to recognize their golden opportunities that come up, you know, um, and they don't recognize the steps there that are a small inch closer to that ultimate thing, you know? Yeah. Um, exactly. Yeah. So I just, I'm not like a really woo-woo kind of person at all. I just think on a super practical level, you have to talk about what you really, really want in life. Otherwise, Mm -hmm. there's no way it's going to get to you. Right. Yeah, I mean, we can talk about law of attraction. We can talk Mm -hmm. about manifestation. We can talk about all of that. But at the end of the day, even on a very practical level, just having a not even a plan, Mm -hmm. but just an idea, like you said, of where you want to go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just so you can start to realize, and sometimes people realize, oh, hey, I'm like halfway there. Right. I just didn't even know it. Right. Yeah. Or, I mean, it could be even something like um, somebody finally articulating what they really want in life and realizing, like you said, like I'm halfway there or realizing, oh, my gosh, I'm living the dream already. Like, mm-hmm. already, what if they didn't right. even know? You know, you got to be able to <laughs> stop and recognize that you are where you want to be, you know. Right, so and then it's you not can always really about striving. Into that. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. You know, and a lot of people, I think it's hard for them to envision because they have a family, they have, you know, they have a house to keep track of, they have a job that they're in, and you know, or their spouse does, or whatever. And so, it just feels like there's a lot of moving pieces. Yeah. Um, but you guys had that too, and we had that too. Yeah. And so it's like it's totally possible, and I mean. Your daughter, Amelia, (laughs) she has just absolutely blossomed Mm -hmm. all over the world. Yeah. She's loving it, isn't she? Yeah, she's, I mean, there are obviously major challenges associated with picking up your life and moving to another country when you're a small child, but um, she's, she's done awesome, and I'm so proud of her, and honestly, like, I don't know, when I thought about what kind of experience I would want to give my kid, um, mm-hmm. these are the experiences. I mean, and there's always a little guilt associated with doing things that are not conventional, right? You mm-hmm. you think like, well, what if, you know, nobody else is doing this or so few people are doing this. Maybe there's a reason. Um, and so there's always a little bit of that kind of like, yep, I'm making her change schools again. Yep. You know, she has to go to right. school in a new country in a foreign language. But right. I mean, just think about the things that we have done in our lives, including childhoods that were super hard, that were so formative yeah. for us. And what if our parents were too scared to challenge us, you know, and I just feel like giving a kid a second language and a totally unique viewpoint of the world that is not only what they're, you know, the small community you're raised in, um, yes. is just a huge gift. I don't, I don't oh, know what yeah. she's going to do with it, but I just want to give it to her because I can, you know? Exactly. Well, and I think it, I mean, just from keeping up with you online and, and seeing mm-hmm. her pictures and seeing her develop and grow and, you know, and really stretch as a person mm-hmm. has been really amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, happy it's, for her. it's incredible. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm happy for her too. I mean, it's mm-hmm. an experience a lot of people want as adults. So to be able to right. do that as a child and integrate that into your everything, into your, all your 
thoughts and mm-hmm. and culture, you know, the different cultures and all their different traditions mm-hmm. um, and things that it's like, oh, I want this to be part of my experience because she sort of has a buffet now that she can sort of pick and choose. Yeah, she can. And, you know, I grew up as, so we call, we call these special people, um, third culture kids. Um, when somebody moves overseas and they are basically exchanging their culture for a third culture, they don't get like, for example, I was, I grew up in the Philippines. I was never Filipino. Right. And I, I wanted to be a lot of times so I could fit in and understand. But when I went back to the U S even just for a visit, I was no longer American either. Mm -hmm. Um, I had been living, you know, in a, in a, completely different world completely yeah and and basically my new culture became like the limbo culture of Mm -hmm. someone who doesn't belong in any culture completely um who can probably most identify out of everyone in the world with somebody else who grew up between cultures regardless of where they were right you know so so I had to make that really conscious choice of you know, there were real challenges for me as a third culture kid. And even as an adult, sometimes still, you know, just like not totally feeling like I belong anywhere in particular. Uh, mm-hmm. But at the same time, it also gives me sort of a, you know, free pass in, into the world, you know, because exactly. I'm not tied to my own cultural viewpoints and I'm not tied to my own strong cultural identity. You know, I I really do get to be more open to a lot of different ways of thinking. And and it's going to and it's going to be different from somebody else who moved as an adult um, to Europe Mm -hmm. um, after living their whole life in the U.S. So, you know, that's a really great point. I love that. And I actually haven't heard that third culture kid um, terminology before. And it, mm-hmm. it, when you explain it, of course, it makes total sense. Yeah. And you know, what's interesting is I think it's a different kind of challenge. I mean, everybody has challenges. All the kids mm-hmm. growing up have challenges in different ways. I mean, even if we kind of paint the picture perfect ideal, there's going to be challenges Yeah, for sure. Um, between relationships and, and, you know, or moving schools or something as simple moving, you know, to the mm-hmm. next town. So yeah, it's really interesting. And I think there's, there's always pros and cons to every side. Of course. Um, but, you know, it's just sort of like what happens, happens, and, and what crafts together. And as long as everybody is happy and, and growing and improving and, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, all of that's so beneficial. But to be able to look at the world through that lens, I think, mm-hmm. must be really spectacular. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I hope that she can grow up and, you know, be really thankful. I'm sure that there are going to be times where there's, you know, less than gratitude for the sure. unique challenges I endowed her with. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. But I think I think overall it, it'll be good. And, and here's the other part is um, I read somewhere that one of the strongest determinants of how a child succeeds in life. Mm-hmm. Um, once all the other like socioeconomic variables are removed, mm-hmm. um, is the stories they have of challenge and resilience from their family. Oh, wow. It's the family oh, heritage of challenge and resilience. And so, um, it's important, A, to tell your stories of challenge right. to your kids, you know, don't hide those parts. You know, and then also for them to be able to experience challenge and um, 
Our, you know, when we took the plunge to move overseas, like I really don't want to leave this part out. Mm-hmm. Um, we had some nightmare scenarios. And really, oh my gosh, yes, it was like <laughs> a, such a nail biter. Our whole adventure sounded so romantic, but when it came down to it, it was a total nail biter. So I'll tell the you the reality. <laughs> tell me. <laughs> yeah, well, well, it wasn't beyond the. It was is far beyond the reality of just moving overseas. Okay, so this is in a nutshell what happened, and I did write a whole book about it. <laughs> but okay, good. Um, so we. Um, sold everything and picked up and moved to Germany. Okay. And this is when you were in Portland. Yeah, this was from Portland and this was from our first big move. Okay. So um, we, yeah, so we sold everything. We moved to Germany. Um, We got there with like no furniture. I was, or anything. And I was like, Oh, you know, we'll just buy German stuff. Um, Mm -hmm. And I did not understand that in that strong German economy, they don't just sell cheap stuff. Everything was incredibly expensive. Wow. So yeah, so for the first few months, we didn't have any furniture. Um, Months? Months. I was going to school full time online. And I was sitting um, in bed on my mattresses on the floor to do my schoolwork. <laughs> oh my goodness. Okay. So this isn't even the bad part. <laughs> so we, the first six months we were just trying to get our stuff together and right. settle in and make all the adjustments. And it was awesome. I loved being in Germany. I was pleasantly surprised by how much German culture agreed with me. I didn't care that we didn't have any furniture or any spending money. Um, I loved it. And we were so happy with our new life. It was amazing. And I thought like, okay, this is it. Maybe I'm going to live in Germany for the rest of my life. Mm -hmm. Um, And then my husband lost his job. Uh Yeah. And it wasn't like a, it wasn't a pink slip kind of thing. It was like a really malicious, awful scenario. Oh no. Yeah. Um, he was the first, That's the worst. yeah, he was the first to get hired. Um, well basically he got hired at the same time as his new supervisor. Uh-huh. And basically the supervisor was a huge bully and she just came in and looked for someone to kind of make an example of, um, to, to just kind of wield her power. Oh, great. And it was such a nightmare. It was so hard and it was so miserable and after six months there he was officially fired after lots of drama Um, I'm sure yeah and the whole time you guys are in another country without furniture with a little one like we just (laughs) we just uprooted our entire life to do this thing and we had you know we had no house we had no you know anything so so then we had to, and then, so there we were in Germany, like loving our life um, and then having to figure out what to do next. And, you know, there was no job. We didn't have savings. We, um, I mean, it was, it was really a terrible scenario through and through. And mm-hmm. we we're trying to figure out, like, can we stay in Germany somehow? And my husband applied for all these international jobs and all these German jobs and um, nothing worked. So then we were, so we had to go back to the States. Oh my goodness. Uh, yeah. So we showed up in the States. We had no health insurance. Nothing. We right. had no cars. We had nothing. It's like, it like the stupidest situation ever, right? It's just like, this 
is so, so frustrating. Yeah. You're like, this is not the dream. This is not what we planned for. No, right? And then, it, I mean, on top of that, there is a little bit of that um, embarrassment, too. Like, hey, yeah. we're, the, we're the ones that are like, see you guys. We're going to, you know, take off and we're going to move to Germany. You know, we're going right. to do something different than everybody else. You know, watch us go. Woo. And then yeah. we're like five months, I mean, seven months later. We're and like, we're back. Hey, can we stay at your place tonight? Yeah. Can we sleep on the couch, please? Yeah. So, um, oh, oh man, tough. it was tough. tough. So, so, um, my husband was on unemployment and we, my parents owned a vacation rental in Ben. So, we went to Bend just because nice. there was a house we could somewhere. stay in for just a month. They said you can stay in it for a month. Oh, wow. So um, we got to Bend, and we are like, well, we actually have a month here. Oh, here's the other part. I ended up in the hospital in the ICU within three days oh, no. of arriving back in the U.S. Oh, Again, my God. Why? What happened? Well, I don't need to go into whole, my whole medical history, but um, <laughs> but, again, no health insurance. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, and it was, I mean, and we were staying in a hotel. So when I got discharged from the hospital, it was like, okay, we can go back to our hotel. What? Um, so, I mean, it's just like, it was a very, very sad story. So That's terribly rough. And how old was Amelia at this time? She was four. Oh, my gracious. Yeah, she was four. And I was still in school full-time. Oh my gosh. And I took an exam. Every complicating factor, right? Bed. I took an exam from my hospital bed. I took no. an exam in a hotel lobby. I mean, I took an, <laughs> okay. So, wow. so all these things happened a whole, I mean, it was comically bad just blow mm-hmm. after blow. Um, and my husband ended up getting a job in England, you know, a few months after, just like a, like two months after we arrived in the States, which was incredible. Mm-hmm. I mean, first right. of all, we decided that, yes, we do want to go for it again, right? Right. After right. getting kicked out and, and, and back in the States and in this crazy situation, it was like, you know what? We really like, we really like Europe and we really want to go back. So, yeah, and I think that's huge. That right there, I mean, it just says, yeah. number one, going for your dreams. Mm-hmm. Number two, the path isn't always easy. No, it's not. And sometimes really, really horribly uneasy. Oh, yeah. And you know what? We ended up having to file for bankruptcy that year. Mm-hmm. Um, we just, it was like a disastrous year in which, in which this is important, we actually really enjoyed ourselves. We had some really great things happen. We got to go back and visit our family already, right? Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> Only after seven months. Looking and, for the silver lining. Yeah. And um, we have really fond memories of being completely broke in Bend. We yes. we didn't know anyone, and we just really bonded as a family. And I was I was still in school full time and Jeff didn't have a job. So he got to be the primary parent for the first time, mm-hmm. which was amazing. That's a unique experience. Yeah, yeah. Which was amazing for, for all of us. I was, I was thrilled to get to just focus on my work and he was thrilled to be able to spend more time with her. Mm-hmm. Um, and we just like, by the time we got to England, um, it was a total seven, um, five months turnaround. It was very short. We were only wow. in the U S for five months between assignments um, we were scared and tired, you know, sure. we were, we were really scared and tired. And 
we were afraid that that thing could happen again because it had just happened. Yeah. And I never believed that it could ever happen. Right. No, you would never imagine that it could, but it did. And the whole time I was in denial, like, how does this actually happen? I can't believe this. Right. Uh, and how do we prevent it from happening again? Like you feel right. like you want to safeguard yourself. Right. But the thing is, is that it was kind of a crazy fluke. Mm-hmm. Um, it never should have happened and it did, but it doesn't mean that it happens a lot, you know? Right. Um, right. And then, like, to skip, I want to skip way ahead to the happy ending here. Um, so when, okay, so talking about verbalizing our dreams, mm-hmm. I haven't always known why, but I've always had this um, dream to live in Spain. And it was okay. before I met my husband, before we got married, before I'd ever, really? before I'd ever been to Spain. Oh, wow. Yeah. But I don't know why, but right around the time that I graduated from high school, I had this really strong feeling that I wanted to live in Spain. And I um, was already learning Spanish then, but I got really obsessive and, you know, I was reading a lot of Spanish literature and reading it in Spanish and working really hard on my Spanish Mm -hmm. and just kind of obsessed with Spanish culture. And Again, like when I married my husband, who is a teacher, um, and I was planning on being a stay-at-home mom, I did not see how this was possible. And it was kind of one of those things where I was like, okay, well, I need to just give that up. Right. Um, and then, But it was always there in the back of your it mind. It was always there in my heart. And um, when the idea came up that we could possibly get a job overseas, we found out very quickly that there was a base in Rota, Spain. that there is a possibility of someday getting a position at. But it was in really high demand. It would be really hard to get that place. Uh So when my husband got fired, I remember, um, like, I knew he was coming home and I was cooking dinner. I put on some Spanish music and I said, you know, (laughs) hey, man, it's all right. Don't worry about it. You know, maybe you'll get the job in Spain. And he didn't, you know, he didn't, he didn't get the job in Spain at that time. Um, He got the job in England and we were ready to leave England a lot sooner than we did leave England. But Mm -hmm. um, there's like all these crazy coincidences that happened that let us get the job when we almost didn't. Um, But one of the big things is that when he was in Germany, um, he got trained in a new paradigm that was enrolled in in Germany first. And when he was in England, he was one of the people that was able to kind of help his team with it. Mm -hmm. And um, at the time that he was getting hired for this job, they were just enrolling. They were just rolling it out here and nobody in the clinic um, knew the system. And so it was one of the major. And he did. And he did. You know, so nothing is wasted. It's not. And, you know, it's so interesting, I always think, to look back and see all the things that happened, even when they seemed at the time like the most terrible catastrophe and how could we ever survive this. Right. It all had a purpose and it all led you to where you are now. And again, not being woo-woo at all, but just how things fit together, Mm -hmm. those coincidences that come up. Mm -hmm. It's kind of magical to look and go, you know, I mean, that's really our life, right? You know, it is this woven tapestry of experience mm-hmm. and, you know, things that have all of it. Yeah. And it's really interesting. I mean, I love the testament that you guys were happy during this really hard time. I mean, I think that that's a huge testimonial for, 
you as people, your marriage, your family, you know, I mean, (laughs) it's great because, you know, a lot of people under that kind of pressure, I mean, you just have to kind of survive it and almost like resign yourself to like, we're going to make it through this Mm -hmm. and we're going to, we're going to thrive. We're not only going to survive, but we're going to thrive. And we're going to look for, even though right now, day to day, I don't see an out. Right. We're going to have an out. And we're going back overseas Mm -hmm. because that's what we want to do. Yeah. And also, like, well, we survived that. That was was hilariously bad, right? (laughs) Yeah. Like a series of unfortunate events that that Lemony Snicket title. Yeah, I was just thinking that. Yeah, like all these really unfortunate events. And um, and I think like it's given us a lot. I mean, there was some trauma that we had to really overcome for sure. Mm-hmm. You know, when we when we got to England, we were so tentative about everything and honestly just sure. scared and kind of traumatized. Um, but once we were able to recover from that, it was like um, – we we just kind of feel like, well, no matter what happens, we're going to be okay. We've already like faced those fears and yeah, some yes. other, some other crazy stuff could happen, but we've been through a lot and we survived and actually really strengthened and bonded our family. Um, mm-hmm. You know, because we had to, we had to be kind to each other, you know, exactly. we were, exactly. we were what we had and, and we had to spoil each other. And look for ways to just like be better to each other because so much of it was so lonely. Um, just all of the all the changes and all of the unknowns and all the disappointment and everything. Like the one thing we had was like that we're doing this thing together. Together. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And I think mm-hmm. that that's such a beautiful mindset. And you know, I think that that probably will help a lot of people because in, in your book, you wrote a book about that, the pruned mm-hmm. blossoming through life's dis- difficult seasons. Yeah. And I love that. I love that title. And I really think that, you know, when those difficult times happen, mm-hmm. you know, the lessons that we learn going through there and coming out of there and seeing the other side, you know, that is really something to be shared. Yeah, that is really like I learned these lessons. I was actually talking to somebody yesterday and we were saying how, you know, if we had ever listened to what people told us to do, like, Mm -hmm. you know, (laughs) how much pain we would have saved ourselves. Right. But we wouldn't have had the story to tell either. Right. Yeah. So to hear this and have that sort of inspiration, like, you know, all of these things went comically bad and then. Here's how we overcame them. Here's how we blossomed right in the middle of it. And you know what? It's like so cool because when I wrote that book, we were mm -hmm. still stuck in England. I didn't know the ending. You didn't know Spain was coming. No, I didn't. I had no idea. I mean, I was was still content with the outcome because we were still standing, you know, but it's like, (laughs) like even in the middle of a huge mess, like, like we don't know where we're headed yet. You know, like the story's not over and, you know, like, um, I think I actually want to rewrite the whole book (laughs) because because I feel like it's so significant that like we landed here, you know, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um, that's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah, I mean, wild things happen and you have to be so brave and you have to know that, you know, some bad stuff can happen on the road, but it's so worth it to just figure out what you want out of life and, and to really be bold and go for it. Yes. Yes. That is so true. And it's just, 
It's huge. Mm-hmm. It's, it's huge for people to, to realize. Yeah. It is hard, of course, yeah. of course. But when we hear stories of people doing it and making it happen, even in the face of adversity, even going to school and even taking an exam from the hospital bed and doing this with a a beautiful, wonderful, growing child along, you know, I mean, there's, there's so much hope there for so many people because it expands our view of what's possible. Yeah. It does. It absolutely does. Yeah. I think it's amazing. And, you know, again, like I I followed your website and I just absolutely, the pictures are amazing. Like the experiences that you guys have had have been just insane. Um, Of course, (laughs) I mean, just amazing. I just drool over the pictures all the time. Every time you post something, I'm like, what are they doing now? I have to know, you know? Um, And of course you've got tons of food adventures, you know, Mm -hmm. recipes Mm -hmm. and in your new place in Spain, I mean, what you shared about the culture there. Tell me a little bit about like what's going on there with food. I want to know because it looks like you guys are eating amazing things all the time. (laughs) (laughs) Well, um, you know, Cadiz is the, is the province, but it were that we live in. And, but it's also the name of the city. That's like the main city that we're next to. Uh We live in El Puerto de Santa Maria. And, Beautiful. <laughs> and that, yeah, and that is actually from whence Christopher Columbus set sail. It was here. Really? Yeah. Oh, I had no idea. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Not super That's excited cool. about that whole deal, but it I is know. historically very notable. It was from yeah. from here where we live. Um, and then Cadiz is actually the oldest um, developed city in Europe. Oh, really? Was, oh, I had no idea. Yeah, founded by the Phoenicians. So they have an extremely ancient food culture history. Uh-huh. Um, and so, I mean, how that plays out can be really interesting because um, one aspect is that people are total traditionalists, right? right. <laughs> We've been making it this way since forever, um, and this is the right way to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, so sometimes... I mean, so coming from Los Angeles, it's really weird. So all, so for, so here's the personal challenge for me. Like, so I wrote a cookbook, and inside my cookbook, I have a couple recipes that are Spanish food, supposedly, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and here we are at the table. Yeah, and here's the yeah, grain, yeah, grain and free. And it's all grain free, isn't it? It's all grain free, but my approach Beautiful. isn't actually to make substitute foods that are grain free. My approach uh-huh. is to just cook food that is naturally going to be grain free. Oh, nice. Yeah, love it. Yeah, so. Um, so I have like a gazpacho in there and I have sangria in there. So, so the sort of California food culture is to take foods from all over the world. We have such mm-hmm. an amazing diversity and then we sort of make them our own. We add some avocado yes. or walnuts or, you know, <laughs> whatever fresh thing there is. Exactly. Yeah. So, um, I've, so I've given my cookbook to a couple of friends and I always feel like, um, a little sheepish because they are going to see my recipe for gazpacho in which I roast mm-hmm. the peppers and I put some roasted eggplant to thicken it up in lieu of breadcrumbs. Um, you know, and, and they'll go, you what? Right. Why did you change this? Like, you don't put that in there, you know? And I, and then I have to, and then they'll say like, um, you know, so our new Spanish friends will say, we want you to teach us to cook some of your traditional food. And I'll be like, well, I don't cook any traditional food. 
I don't know how, like, I'm not from the South. I'm not from the East coast. Um, Mm -hmm. like literally my food culture is like taking other people's food and changing it a little bit. That's what California food is about. Right. You're like, I can make you some fish tacos. I don't. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Right. So, um, they're like tacos. So that's, (laughs) that's not an American (laughs) word. Um, Right. So, okay. So, 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 there's kind of both sides of that mm-hmm. on here. So there's like really old traditions and a lot of the food is really simple and really rustic. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, and that can be so beautiful. Yes. So yes. good. Um, and then, you know, you've got like the Ferran Adria camp, you know, of, mm-hmm. of, of um, Spanish cuisine innovators who are going like the wild opposite direction. You know, and it's kind of like a, a reaction against the super traditionalism of, of the cuisine here. And they're like, no, right. we're going to change it. We're going to take totally it. Totally mix it up. We're going to turn it into a foam uh, wow. and things like that. So you actually kind of get both. It's really interesting. So a lot of so there's a lot of really super good, simple, traditional food to eat. And then there's also like a lot of really adventurous stuff. So. Um, there's a restaurant here. Oh, why am I blanking? The guy's name is Angel. And Mm -hmm. so I don't know if you're familiar with the book, The Third Plate. I'm not. Oh my gosh. Look it up. There's really cool things going on with food and sustainability here in Spain. Oh, beautiful. Yes. So the whole, the book, The Third Plate, is all about like the new way of eating that's actually going to be sustainable in a, in a much broader sense. Globally, um, we're talking about fisheries and we're talking about just the way that we raise meat and the way we, mm-hmm. um, it's like a permaculture to a really, really global scale. Amazing. So, yeah. Oh, you, I've got to read that. You need to check that book out. But anyway, so my brother sent me the book and I loved it. It was one of the best reads of the year. It was so good. Um, and actually a good third to maybe half of it was set here in Spain. Oh my gosh. Wow. Yeah. But here's the, here's the really interesting thing. Um, a lot of people locally don't even know um, what's going on. So oh really? Yeah, they're like pioneers in in these movements, doing really crazy cool stuff. And then um, I'll be I'll be like, you know, the sustainable food movement, and they're like, what is that? Oh my gosh! Wow. Yeah, and and it's been kind of a challenge <laughs> to try to find organic food and to get grass fed meat, and I cannot find organic. Um, dairy products here very really easily. I mean yeah there's a lot of accessibility problems and um, I talked to a friend about this and she's she's Spanish and she said oh yeah Americans are really worried about that stuff but we already know that all our food is really high quality so it doesn't have to be organic or anything like that uh, mm-hmm. so there's this I, I don't know how true that is but that is the cultural perception it's like That's well, the belief yeah our, our food is already great like we don't need to do all this special stuff so um, we order from an organic farm um, locally, but like, you know, it's really limited. This isn't Southern California. And, right. and so, you know, I can order like tomatoes, onions, eggplants, cucumbers uh, week after week after week, you know, and, and I saw like when they sent me the list of what's available this week, I was like, oh, cool. Turnips are back. Yes. You know, like, <laughs> 
a little variety. Variety. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So there are some challenges for sure. Um, it's, you know, no place is perfect. Um, and, right. and like food here is really good. The food culture is really strong. But in terms of like, you know, kind of some alternative stuff, um, it's it's kind of interesting. Just, you know, some cool things going on that nobody really knows about that aren't mainstream yet. And it's hard to kind of access a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. How hard is it to find things to cook? Like, I mean, I was actually talking to Naomi from Almost Bananas yesterday, mm-hmm. and we were talking about um, Slovakia, mm-hmm. and um, we were talking about how challenging it is to access things from other food cultures in that area. And so, you know, here in America or Canada or whatever, you may make, you know, um, you know, Mexican inspired food one night, Asian inspired food the next, Italian inspired food the next. Mm -hmm. How is that? Like if you wanted to, you know, make a big batch of ramen or something like that, how is that to access for you? Um, actually, so, so we have a unique situation in that we have access to the base. Um, so there's a commissary there and, um, the, the military community actually, because people get stationed all over the world, it's actually Mm -hmm. really, a lot of people marry people that they meet when they're stationed somewhere else. So culturally it's really diverse. You have people, Mm -hmm. um, from all over the place. So, um, they can request, yeah, totally. So they can request that things be carried at the commissary. Um, it's still going to be pretty limited, but you know, like we can buy tahini there and I haven't Mm -hmm. been able to find it locally, but I'm just so glad I can get it at the commissary. Mm-hmm. Um, and things like, you know, fish sauce, tamari, um, those kinds of things we can totally get. And, and the other, oh, nice. yeah. And then the other part is that, um, I well, well we have a, an APO address, so mm-hmm. I can order from Amazon. Yeah. I was just going to say, yeah. can you Amazon prime it? <laughs> yeah, I can. <laughs> I've That's amazing. An Amazon prime account. Yeah. And it makes a huge difference. So I'm really, I'm really thankful for that. I mean, when I was growing up overseas, none of this was ever possible, you know? Exactly. I mean, I remember walnuts were like so strictly rationed if we ever got some. Wow. So, yeah. So it's, it's, you know, it's hard to get good ethnic food that's not Spanish food. That's a real uh-huh. challenge. And it's been that way also in Germany and in England. And I've kind of just mm-hmm. gotten used to it. Um, but in terms of being and able to kind of eat where you are. Yeah, exactly. I just kind of. Yeah. You know, I had to grieve it for a little while because I was so spoiled. I mean, the only places in the U.S. I'd ever lived were Los Angeles and Portland, and they both have incredible food culture. Yeah. (laughs) Foodie town. Yeah, so then I got elsewhere, and I was like, what is wrong with you? Like, where's all the good food? I don't get it. How hard is it? Well, apparently it's really hard. It Um, is really hard. (laughs) So so I'm beyond that now. I've, I've moved past it. I've transcended um, but I am going to be in Portland in three weeks and I am going to do a lot of eating. <laughs> so. Okay. We've got to talk between now and then. Cause I, yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you the places that we just discovered that we loved. And I'm awesome. sure that, you know, well, and then you told me about one little bird, which we yes. just, Oh my goodness. So good. So glad so good. there. Yes. I mean, that was actually one of our very favorites. Oh, so good. Yay, I <laughs> yeah, I love been Portland. there for four really years, but I'm glad they were still open and you got to go. <laughs> Oh, and just fabulous. I mean, oh. I think we had Cassoulet and, and Coco Vaughn, and I mean, it was just oh, awesome. beautiful. Awesome. 
So now you're actually doing, um, you have a bodywork practice, don't you? You yeah. do massage? And, yeah. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. How's that been opening that up in a different country? Oh, you know what? It's been so great. Um, Good. Yeah. So there are a lot of limitations on me because of our our um, visa situation here. I'm not allowed uh-huh. to really work out in the Spanish economy. Okay. Um, but what I can do is have a home-based business and serve right. the American-based population. Awesome. And it has been so fantastic. I mean, this, I mean, if you think about it, like if you have an issue and you hear that you need a certain kind of treatment, imagine mm-hmm. like being like, Oh, great. How am I supposed to find that type of work? And if I do, um, what are the chances that I can communicate with that practitioner? Right. So, exactly. so even something like going to a chiropractor is a big ordeal for a lot of people because there, you know, there might not be one in our town that speaks English and maybe there's one in another town. So I have to drive to another town, but maybe, you know, it's like, I don't know, you put yourself out there every time you go see any kind of practitioner, you know, wow, it's not easy. Right. And, and right. Kind of a I didn't risk. even think about that complication. Yeah. Yeah. So, so the services that are available here are really limited and I am just like, I, I just feel so honored that I get to take care of this community. Um, I do craniosacral therapy and mm-hmm. uh, I also specialize in women's health. So I'm not doing any traditional massage at this point. I just do uh-huh. craniosacral therapy and visceral manipulation, um, some pelvic type supportive massage and, and things like that, like for fertility and, and stuff. Right. So uh, oh, that's amazing. Yeah. So, so, I mean, you know, these families, they go through so much. I mean, I just really hadn't thought of that much about it before until we became involved with the military community. But uh-huh. I mean, think about it like these moms, um, maybe they're pregnant for the first time. Husband is deployed. Um, they move to a foreign country. They leave their support system behind for their entire pregnancy. Husband oh might get back in time for the birth, might not. Might not. And right. and think about, I mean, just like how much. That's such a huge experience. Yeah, I mean, I, I've been pregnant and it's like you need, first of all. Just, support. Yeah, I mean, you need the support. But imagine like being the one that's always taking the trash out when you're nauseous, right? Yeah, right. Um, You know, and just navigating all the unsurenesses. <laughs> that's a word. And not speaking the language. Not speaking and, the language, mm-hmm. having really limited resources, not having your family nearby, um, not having your husband there to massage your shoulders when you need it and all the other needs you have. And it's like, um, man, I just think if I can be a part of someone's pregnancy and make them mm-hmm. comfortable during all of these challenges, then that is incredible. And I feel so honored that I get to do that. Or if I can help someone's child um, with a problem that they haven't been able to fix for a long time and I, mm-hmm. and I get to participate in their healing process. I mean, it's amazing. That's a gift. I could go on and on. I am just so thrilled and, and so happy um, that I get to do this kind of work here. It's been incredible. That's amazing. I love it. Well, I knew that you were really excited when you were able to set that up. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. yeah. So I'm so glad to hear. And and I didn't really understand the scope of what you did. So I really love, um, you know, that you're able to focus on women's health. And mm-hmm. I, I just think that's so important. Yeah. It's, it's been really cool. Yeah. Um, <laughs> 
Mm-hmm. That's so amazing. I mean, I, I again, I really think that so many people can can learn from this and can take inspiration mm-hmm. um, from everything that you guys have experienced, the good and the bad. And I think mm-hmm. that um, that's huge for people, just having that inspiration. Mm-hmm. So they I, see I, what's I, possible. Yeah, it's great to be able to share our story. Um, yes. Because it just, you know, it kind of makes everything a community event. <laughs> It yeah, does, and it really together. takes such a community. Yes, it mm-hmm. takes such a community support. And we talk a lot about building your online community because a lot of people, especially as they enter into, you know, a real food lifestyle or some kind of holistic healing or anything that's like anything that's a little bit outside the norm, yeah. it's sometimes hard to have our community that we currently have, our support system, transition with us. Yeah. So we have that's to true. sort of create that somewhere else. Yeah, you have to find your people, right? Exactly. Yeah. You so do. And it makes such a difference when you do. Yeah, it does. And I mean, for me, just having even, you know, my fellow blogging community too, mm-hmm. you know, just everybody who tracked with us through all of it. Um, right. So whether it's other real food bloggers or if it's just my readers, I mean, it just meant so much to me to know, like, we're not just out there in the wilderness by ourselves. People, exactly. people know where we are and what we're doing and they're rooting for us. And yeah, people are on our side. <laughs> yeah. Like people care what happens to us because you can feel so when you're doing something different and especially when you leave home, like you can just feel so isolated and just like it's really just you. Um, Mm -hmm. but knowing that, you know, people are following along, they care, you know, that it matters to them what happens to you, you know, when someone's out there rooting for you, even sort of silently, you know, just Mm -hmm. it, it really helps you get through that time. It really does. It makes a difference. So much. Yeah. Well, you know, again, I'm just like in love with your website and here we are and just looking at all of your experiences, your travel, your recipes, all the things that you have to share and, you know, I really want to point out again that the Help for Challenging Times tab with the, um, and I'll put this on the show notes, but cool. pruned, blossoming through life's difficult, difficult seasons. And then, of course, your gorgeous, gorgeous cookbook, And Here We Are at the Table, Grain-Free Meals from Around the World. I, I just love that. Um, so I'm definitely going to put that in the show notes so everybody can easily find that and connect with you and keep in in touch with what's going on in Spain because we all want to be there. (laughs) I don't take this responsibly lightly, responsibility lightly. I've got to represent, yeah, for all the people who'd like to be here. I've got to live it right and share it right. You have to keep going out to wonderful meals and traveling around and seeing the countryside and, and going to the to. beach. And, okay. If you have to. If we have to. And I want more pictures of those orange blossoms okay. and everything else. Okay. <laughs> that just sounded like such a dream when that was going on. You know, you were like the whole town smells like orange blossoms. It was intoxicating. I couldn't believe wow. it. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. It's dreamy. It's so dreamy. And, you know, you guys have been able to take a lot of fun side trips, too, mm-hmm. because you've been close to everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I know you hear those adventures. Yeah. Like, we we always have a place to visit that's, like, day-trippable, you know? Yeah. And it's, sometimes it's a little crazy. You know, we'll get a day and we're like, what do we do? What do we do? You know? <laughs> <laughs> Where do we go right now? Yeah, I don't want to miss out. But, you know, we plan on being here for quite a while. So we have time to, you know, to explore it all. But it's just so much fun. That's awesome. That's really so great. 
Yeah. Well, thank you so much for being here today and for sharing all this with us. I really appreciate it. And, you know, I, I think it just is inspiring. It just helps us all dream a little bit bigger. Well, I have just really enjoyed talking with you, Amy, and just connecting. <laughs> yeah, thanks. Yeah. yeah, it's so fun to connect when we've um, when we've been online together for so long. So mm-hmm. <laughs> who knows? Maybe I'll see you when you're in Portland, and, and then maybe we'll just have to come to Spain. So I know. I think you might. <laughs> Darn the bad luck. <laughs> I know. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks so much again, and uh, go have something wonderful to eat tonight. I plan on it. Thank you, Amy. <laughs> All right. Talk to you soon. Okay. Bye. All right. Bye-bye. Thanks so much for joining us today. And please remember to leave us an iTunes review. Also head over to our website at realfoodwholehealth.com and enter your email to receive free goodies, discounts, updates, and more. See you next time on the Real Food Whole Health Podcast.